Hello and welcome to your favorite YouTube channel, Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Jim Rugg. I'm Ed Piscor. I want to remind everybody that it is Cartoonist Kayfabe-tober. This is our prompts. They correspond with the days of the month. So uh, if you haven't already started drawing these, jump in wherever it makes sense. And make sure you tag us in your social media posts when you share your drawings. I've been really enjoying seeing everybody's uh, posts. Very talented audience here on Cartoonist Kayfabe, and it's very fun to see them interpreting these prompts. We also have a Cartoonist Kayfabe Patreon with three different levels that'll get you access to our videos early. And at the King Kayfaber level, you'll get access to all of our videos first because you can sit in on the recording session. We have a room full of King Kayfabers right now that we talk to in between videos and uh, basically record maybe an extra episode's worth of content uh, each week. But it also gives you access to these comics first. So if you see something on here that you want to add to your collection, you'll be the first one going after it on eBay or the aftermarket before it disappears or the prices go through the roof. We also are a daily comic book YouTube channel and we've been doing this for five years. So we have about 1500 videos in our archives. You can search through those on the Cartoonist Kayfabe YouTube homepage. There's a little search box with a magnifying glass, put in your favorite artist, put in your favorite book. And I bet you we have some videos out there for you. All right, on today's video, we're going to be looking at Charlton Premier number two uh, presents Children of Doom. Denny O'Neill and Pat Boyette doing uh, almost an X-Men comic here. It's mutant. Yes, mutant is used over and over again. And a post-apocalyptic world. It's a very fun comic. It's one I'm excited to dive into. And if you're watching at home, you might see this in Art in Time, the collection of uh, sort of lost to history comic books. This is one of the books featured in there. Charlton, a prominent publisher of comics for 30 plus years, and now very hard to come by these things. But this is one of the standout issues in my Charlton collection. And, uh, you know, that's what you look for when you're going back in time as you see what's uh, supposed to be a good issue. This is the one. So I'm excited to dive into this one and to share this with everybody because it's not something you see all the time. And right off the bat, we see black and white art. Yeah. Combined with four color art. Pretty unusual looking from page one in this comic. And that's part of the appeal for me. For sure. Now... What's the year on this? 1967. Okay. So there's that period in the middle 60s that uh, is sort of legendary. It's mythic where Neil Adams and Jim Steranko say that they're the only guys to come into comics within that period. There's, there's nobody five years prior. There's nobody five years after. And what we're seeing here in terms of craft, I think, is an incorporation of both. Steranko and Neil Adams. And Steranko would do these black and white pieces in the pages of things like Captain America and on his Nick Fury stories. And then you have the wild panel borders that uh, you associate with that very wild early period of like Neil Adams. You know, Gene Colan would be doing that on his Daredevils and things for sure. But I think you're incorporating the two new voices in mainstream comics into the art chops for this thing here. And I don't know about you, man, but you read, there's a piece to read a little bit later. This don't look any faster. <laughs> yeah, let me read that now just to bring everybody up on what we're looking at here, or at least some indication of why we're looking at this kind of style. So this is your letters column, and there's a little postscript from the editor. This issue may reach the stands a little late. We had an entirely different issue ready for press, cover and all, and lost it on a legality. I assume that means it was something licensed. I, I, I assume that means that Alex Toth would be an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> we then had to get this one together in a big hurry. We always liked the idea of black and white comic books, 
but have been afraid of doing one in a format where everyone else is in four color, so we mixed it up in this one. Some four color, some black and white. We like it, do you? It's a, it's a fascinating thing because now you're given some, you're given uh, a little bit more palette to the creatives, so it's like make it work. And, yes, and I think it's I think it's in perfect service to the story. Going through this and reading it, I was thinking like usually what this is is um, either the post-apocalyptic world or the mutants doing something. Exactly. So it it does seem like there's some narrative thought behind it. Um, Dick Giordano is becoming a bigger and bigger hero of mine. Looking yeah. at comics history, it feels like that guy had real influence on kind of the shape of mainstream comics totally. of course dc is where you know i think he really flexes that bringing various big creators in like frank miller on batman dark knight for instance but a, but a guy whose name comes up quite a bit um sergius o'shaughnessy this is your denny o'neill pseudonym yeah that's almost racist <laughs> Is it? Because it's Denny O'Neill. No, 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 I know. Like, but it's, it's an ethnic. Uh, yeah, for sure. Silly with ethnic stuff. I do love, Ed, you mentioned the panel, like the panel layouts. I like that a lot. You know, like, let's break it up. Let's not just do the six panel grids and let's do something a little bit exciting. And we're getting an origin story right off the bat of how we got to this post-apocalyptic status. And it had to do with uh, somebody created a doomsday device. And uh, this was to stop nuclear proliferation. Like everybody had nuclear bombs. If we put this doomsday device into the earth, we can stop it. Right, because the doomsday device, if it detects any kind of nuclear bullshit, if you set off another bomb as just a practice round, this is going to split the earth and, and, and we're toast. The level of craft, Papouillet, like, he, he didn't deliver comics like this very often. And the level of work that's being done here, I wonder if there's a ghost involved? Because, like... Yeah, I can see Papouillet doing this, but this is a little something extra. Papouillet, everybody at home, if you don't know, was a television news broadcaster, an on-air personality for, for Arizona, New Mexico, somewhere, but was on television, left that to become a comic book artist at the worst paying company in American comics history, Charlton. It's the Mike Allred story. All right, so once nuclear weapons are kind of off the table, we have this uh, third world dictator who is ready to stake his world domination claim because he was doing weapons that were not nuclear. Right. And so he's got a leg up and now's the time to strike. Got to take advantage of what you have here. How bizarre is this for like stuff floating in space? Like what in the heck is this even supposed to be? I know it's supposed to be a satellite, but it just looks like an hourglass. Yeah. Very bizarre. Uh, and, and you have these astronauts that are kind of watching this from outer space who are going to play a role in the story, but it's interesting. That seemed like a trope that would be in science fiction movies of like watching the destruction of the Earth from outer, you know, the, sure. the few humans that are surviving this because they're not on the planet's surface. Yeah. And these are our mystery weapons, which looked better in black and white than they do here, but these giant fireballs that are, that are coming through. And the... Uh, you know, the rest of the world, they're able to kind of combat these to some extent, but not effectively. It brings about an apocalypse, essentially. You know, and you start to see it. I guess maybe the black and white is just that post-apocalyptic mm -hmm. world. It's not just the mutants, but any of the post-apocalyptic world. And people do whatever they can, you know, to try to survive this. But it even backfires on the depot, uh, despots. But great use of color here, you know. It's totally. all red, like the world's on fire. We, uh, we messed up. It's a cautionary tale. We cannot escape. What have I done? that's great to have that panel you know like the last let's show this guy and, and show that he, he regrets he, he made a bad choice <laughs> meanwhile the astronauts that that are in space think they're the last humans alive and what are they going to do 
Let's head to Venus. You see all of Bliet's influences, I swear, man, because uh, you, we're going to start to get some of that kind of Frank Robbins, Milk Kniff kind of inking, and there will be a couple of faces that have Ditko in them. Yeah. Boy, the black and white stuff really uh, it looks great on I these pages. I don't think it's him, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think he's got an assistant that's fucking dope. Cartoonist Kayfabe is brought to you by the books that we make. The Hip Hop Family Tree Omnibus is out sooner than later. It's going to be in your stores, but it's not going to be there for long. Scoop it up. X-Men Grand Design Trilogy trade paperback coming to you in November. There are two trade paperbacks of Red Room out there right now. Trigger Warnings and the Anti-Social Network with Crypto Killers trade paperback coming to you in January. Jimmy has a few copies of Hulk Grand Design at stores right now, but it is sold out at the publisher level. So if you see it, scoop it up. Jimmy's going to be having a big sale October 26th with a bunch of self-published stuff, including including True Crime Funnies, the 1986 zine that has been available nowhere. Uh, so this will be the first time you get your hands on it and the BW zine. And of course, Final Order Cutoff is coming soon for Street Angel Princess of Poverty trade paperback, which is going to collect all of Jimmy's Street Angel comics that are not in Street Angel Dead girl alive which you also should have on your racks right now or get it now that we're done paying the bills back to the video you know what because it was done in a hurry it is possible these were multiple hands uh-huh you know you know those stories in comics history of everybody getting together D and hands. then how about this black and white but just put a little bit of that put put your 25 percent magenta screen on there they do really well for doing kind of a different look you yeah. know if this is the first time they've done something like this i feel like Pretty thoughtful way to handle this. Did we set up Chekhov's Mutants, or is that this page right here, man, where you have your Pyros, you got your Psychic Warriors, and then you have uh, Shapeshifters? Yes, that's, what, that's what's here. That's exactly what this is, is sort of like saying, like, after this happened and people started to come out of the caves and stuff, they had these different powers. Yeah, yeah, well, this is Chekhov's Mutants. So it's Denny O'Neill building in the exact guys he needs to get us out of the comic yeah pretty good effect though you know? i love that i love that you know you never seen zipatone used that way as as like light it was almost always uh for color yeah and this guy has been narrating this this origin of how we've got to this point and she's like how do you know all of this this is the guy who's responsible because he created the doomsday machine which is still lodged in the earth's crust waiting for any kind of nuclear or atomic uh activity to trigger it. All right, let's cut to Venus, see what's going on over here. And uh, I think Basil Wolverton yeah. is, is an influence here. I like Boyette a lot. I don't think he's ever looked better than this book. No, absolutely not. And and I mean, I, th I think he's always been rough. Like, like uh, it's it's a wonky style. It's interesting to look at in, a, in color, but if you could choose who you draw like, uh, you could have Pat Boyette and I'll take, uh, you know, Kirby. Well, that, I mean, I would, that's not fair. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's like my school bully versus Mike Tyson. <laughs> um, the line works real different. Boyette works up until the 80s whenever he passes away, and he gets to a point where he's doing like a heavy line. Yeah, you know, that's it's right. Like, there's a line and there's black. Uh, and it's a lot different than like the finish here where you get a lot of these fine lines and details. And somebody, this is really beautiful. Like there's fine detail and texture in some him. of these pieces. This is where we're going to start to be able to see some of that... Um, you know Frank Robbins, yeah. Milk Kniff. You know that that school of of cartooning is in here. But then I also think that there might be like a Al Williamson influence. I I, I see a lot. Like the thing about this Pat Boyette, and Pat Boyette develops his own style. Mm -hmm. That is Pat Boyette. But this ain't that. 
this is him incorporating the the language of mainstream comics. If you guys at home are unfamiliar with Boyette, you can see it on our Peacemaker video. Right. Um, that's a much later Boyette too, so it's a little bit more of his mature style. You know, we were trying to uh, talk about the black and white being some sort of, you know, narrative thing, but then here we have it. So there's some inconsistencies with how it's used to. It's not a hard and fast rule. But we get to Venus and we can actually breathe there as humans. A little bit of a different Venus. This is maybe a multiverse where uh, Venus develops some oxygen. And uh, there's a human humanoid figure here. Right. And this humanoid, not quite right, almost like melting in front of them and disappearing. But these guys decide they're gonna, they're gonna set up a trap for him. This piece right here, where you see the three D of of the leg as it's melting, like I studied that. I'm like, oh, that is that's that's sharp. That's really smart. Yeah, it's pretty good. Pretty good. So they set up a trap, and sure enough, they're able to catch this guy. And there's a lot of good looking stuff, like having him in silhouette mm -hmm. whenever he's caught there. I think works really well. Yeah, I bet you that's a dick. Uh, uh, um... A Denny O'Neill request in the script because it makes a lot of sense to keep him an ominous that figure. double lighting I mean that's that's Wally Wood out uh, Williamson you know that's definitely it feels like a reference to um, some of the the great black and white strip guys right and, but you see the kind of amateurs there in almost all Charlton comics if it's not Toth or Ditko or some somebody uh, there's there's like an amateurish piece that and i call it amateurish because it's not like a dc or marvel kind mm -hmm. of thing and like the hair is is that on that you know like there's like little ticks are a little wild i love how this lettering is just an open spot in the middle of the page so like man how do you compose that i wondered that the you know the lettering used to be done the letter would do the borders and do the lettering and i wonder if there's something like that right like if know. he cut a little extra like like yeah some like room. he figured out this will fit and then drew in the borders after that but it, it for a page layout i just really love it you know it has that dynamic energy it brings your eye to that middle part very happy with that part of this comic yeah you know the visuals look good so they come back to earth now and they've captured this this guy from venus and right back to earth they come yeah go back one page man because there's an important story thing uh, their their ship is fucked up. Oh right. So they have to cast off, you know the the gas engines, and now they have to go nuclear. Yep, atomic power journey home. Yes. That's right. That is what they're flying on is atomic energy. And what it, do we know about the doomsday device, Jimmy? They've doomed us all, Ed, because that doomsday device goes off with the detection of any of the atomic energy. Yes. Guess they didn't have nuclear power plants yet. Right. It was still a, a dream in somebody's... It was still weapons. <laughs> exactly. And so they land here and the people attack them because within 24 hours, we're all going to die, you murderers. You, you know, you it's filthy a, murderers. It's a very pussy-ish and tepid attack <laughs> because we see it happen there and it's like, oh, they're toast. I mean, it's a whole lynch squad. Uh, good example of not Kirby. This left hand that this guy's throwing there, hitting him in the face. It's and soft. Never saw less impact or dynamic movement. So then turn the page. There ain't even a piece of hair out of place. There isn't a rip in clothing. There's, there's nothing, no consequence to that panel whatsoever. Yeah, and when they explain what's going on, your atomic engines, they've activated the doomsday machine. This guy's like, good lord. There's no expression hardly at all on these two faces. Yeah. <laughs> of course, all the stupid oversights. I feel like this was a Marvel Method book. Because those dudes are not selling that script. I, I mean, Papouillet didn't get to work at Marvel. That's you, true. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, I guess maybe he did later. Did he? No, it's Pat Broderick. I always oh, I yeah, confuse him with two, Pat Broderick. Yeah, very, very different stylistically. I like that guy, the drawing of that guy. It's 
pretty neat. Um, man, this effect of the clairvoyance yeah. with the no eyes, I love it. I'm surprised this isn't something that's been more widely adopted. It's such a good visual for a comic. It's pretty cool, using the black zips there. This could be Pete Morisi doing a, uh, a fill-in issue, right. which makes me wonder if there are multiple, you know, there, there may be hands D sprinkled hands. around here. But, but good stuff, you know, like that's a great panel too. You know, that hellish red, and again, the no eyes is just such a great visual. The lettering's kind of weird, you know, like the sound effect lettering. Charlton lettering, like I associate that with uh, Charlton books. All right, part three, the final hour. Now the doomsday device presumably has been activated, and what are we going to do about it? Get the mutants together and let's start thinking. Are we on Coquille, or is that uh, a duotone board, do you think? It's hard, it's a little far away from me. You know what? I can't tell. If you want to take a closer look, I, I really can't tell what that is. The texture is there like a coquille kind of board, but... It looks like there's two grays. It doesn't look like there's really more than two. He's making it work. Yeah, it looks good. Whatever it is, you know, it, it looks nice. And I like seeing it. You know, it's another contrast to like these screen tones that, that seem like just traditional screen tones being applied. So these mutants are kind of like talking about what they can do, you know, and, and some of the clairvoyants can see the doomsday device, but they can't get to it. And uh, this is whenever we start to figure out who was this Venus guy. Right. And how good does he look with the veins in the forehead and stuff? Straight from Outer Limits. It's it's such a perfect like sci-fi design, especially for the 60s. It does feel like something you could almost do a little bit of rubber masking yeah. and make this a, a movie character. Totally like the outer space too very atypical for outer space you know like a long way from say a kirby cos cosmic outer space piece right but it, it has that steranko it has that no atoms kind of build to the figure really illustrative and what we learn is that that guy on venus he is actually an earthling a mutant and uh he worked on the on the bomb so he knows how to deactivate it but it's so hot there is he going to be able to uh do this mutant power and, and, and leap through time and space and be able to deactivate it. But the key there is the time and space. And he's actually able to uh, travel through this. And again, like this is your negative zone, you know, like this is, these are concepts that feel like the, these creators are familiar with Marvel comics, Yeah, you know, and they're pooling some of these ideas, but at the same time, very different interpretation again of that kind of cosmic, like traveling across these things. Boy, it looks, it is bizarre to have a black and white panel like this in this context in 1967. Absolutely. It'd be a long time before artists were really mixing that those two things together. Part of why this, this issue stands out, just a formal oddity. So one of the beauties of a very quick deadline is that they can't be precious, the editors. They, mm -hmm. they have to kind of like let something go through, man. So, so like it gives you that opportunity to play. Never more kniff, right? Right. Than, these, than this face right there. You know, and you talk about deadlines, you can look at a page like this and think, could you do eight of these pages in a day if you had to? You know, this is a very quickly drawn page. I like how it looks, but there's no laboring over cross-hatching or anatomical correctness or let's set up a model and get the folds right. And, uh, and you know, there's a charm to that. I, I kind of miss that sometimes, that lack of... Or, or making it too pressure, too precious now. You know, yeah. this is a this is a throwaway story in a lot of ways. I enjoy it, but it's not high literature. You know, get it down there and let's move on. Let's do next month. Um, so he goes back through time for one moment. He basically disconnects a wire in the device, and the guy working on it sees him for one second, and they're like, "Who are you talking to?" Because he just comes in and out right away, and that's it. I wonder if this is supposed to be him. They have different noses, maybe not. 
that would have been kind of cool if he saw himself. Right. Because he says he goes, you know, he, he worked on it. So it would have been neat if he crossed paths with his own past self. And so here we are back in the present. And guess what? It worked. The of doomsday course. device. We're saved. It didn't go off. Although it does make you wonder with this state of world, like, well, you're saved from the doomsday device, but I don't know about anything else. Now we need to commission Richard Corbin to keep the series going. Very true there. There it is, dude. It's Watchmen. Yeah. How about that? Ditko and Marisi on the same page. I don't know who was doing Judo Master. Not going to give them too much credit. And Boyette. And you can see, like, it, these these are comics that were comparable to Marvel DC in terms of their comic books. They're selling the same ads. It's just that historically this stuff is basically just gone. You know, what kind of comic book store do you even find these in anymore? Right. We're lucky, but I mean, a lot of comic, most comic book stores, you're not going to find Charlton beat up reading copies of Charlton cheap in yeah. the back issues. Yeah, the places where I, you get them, uh, it's, it's, it's flea markets and things, but what you're mostly getting is... Charlton was always a little off, mm -hmm. a little wonky, a little corny. The art was always a little bad. The color registration was always terrible, but it was even worse in the seventies. And, uh, those romance comics, like the art looks like it was drawn, you know, somebody put a brush inside their butt cheeks and fucking ink these things. I have Charlton comics where it's like the, the black line is different than the color plates on the cover. <laughs> like they were you know they had their own distribution and they owned the printing presses so like when the presses aren't running you're not making money so like they were just like put out product put out product and uh there were trade-offs you know ditko would go there and work a lot because they hands off man turn in the work we're not going to pay you much but we're also not going to interfere with you and so like artists like that but yeah. uh introduce a lot of people like charlton bullseye like if you guys if you guys spy at charlton bullseye just pick those up no matter what, because you'll never know which Future Pro's first works are, are in there. Gene Day shows up. Yeah, uh, John Byrne doing Doomsday Plus One, which Fanographics would eventually uh, reprint. But, I'm, you know, that's first John Byrne, I believe. It's yeah. certainly very, very early John Byrne. Totally. So. Space 1999. Uh, his, fir his first, I think it was that, like, that, that, um... Willie and a chopper bunch or, or or something like that. I think that was a Charlton comic. Yeah, yeah I think you're right. So fun comic. Glad to go through this and uh, pretty cool looking, man. One of the standouts visually for Charlton. Good to go. Yep. Okay, Fabris, like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell so that we can notify you when new videos are available. Kayfabe-tober is still upon us, and these are your drawing prompts. Do not run out of steam. Make sure that whenever you post these images, you got to tag us, you got to at us, you got to let us know that these drawings exist so that we can share, retweet them as much as possible, signal boost your accounts, man, get you some more followers, and uh, we get to enjoy your creative work. We're a daily YouTube channel, and with more than 1,500 videos in our coffers, you might not have seen everything. Go hit the little magnifying glass on the front page of the Cartoonist Kayfabe YouTube channel. And I've noticed you guys have been doing that because we've been getting some comments on some pretty obscure videos. So thank you so much for uh, digging into the, the channel. Search for your favorite titles. Check out those uh, comics. And uh, if we have not yet talked about your favorite comics yet, you must let us know. Put something in the comments so that we can push those comics a little bit higher on our to-read stacks. And whenever you find the favorite cartoonist or favorite comic book, share those videos. It's how we grow this channel. We're not buying advertising elsewhere. We rely on you guys to spread the good word. Yeah, good call, Jimmy. 
Uh, we have a Patreon that uh, you can su directly support the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel. The King Kayfabers on the Patreon are hanging out with us right now. They hang out with us uh, every morning when we uh, record our stuff. Uh, they get a leg up on the kayfabe effect that way through the, this private stream. They have access to every video before anybody else. And we always record one extra video so that when uh, Jimmy and I decide to go on some travels, we can still keep the daily content coming. So as of this recording right now, there might be about 25 videos that Gen Pop has not seen. So you could take advantage of that before we put those videos out live. Ultimately, the videos are brought to you by the books that we make, and before you is a small sample of our bibliography. But Jimmy, let the people know what is coming out soon. My next book release is Street Angel, Princess of Poverty. This will be out in November from Image Comics. You can pre-order it now at your local comic shop or online, and we ask that you do that. This is an Image book, and they need to know how many of these to print, so let them know that you want a copy. I am also self-publishing zines and comic books lately. You see the BW zine here, 1986, and True Crime Funnies featuring nonfiction stories. These are all available on my website, jimrug.com or patreon.com slash jimrug. And uh, October 26th, I'm going to have a big holiday fall sale where you can stock up on this stuff and some of my other zines and minis that you may have missed. Hulk Grand Design is my contribution to the Grand Design mythos. And basically out of print so if your comic shop has a copy and you don't you may want to pick that up sooner rather than later because marvel comics does not keep this stuff in print if you haven't picked up a hulk grand design yet they are getting more and more scarce so grab those now while you can october 17th the hip-hop family tree omnibus hits bookstores october 18th it hits comic shops scoop this up uh, about 75 percent of the print run has been accounted for so we're playing with slim margins of which books are available right at this moment. Uh, so scoop it up sooner than later. It's the best book I've made. It's the 10-year anniversary of Hip Hop Family Tree. It's the 50th anniversary of Hip Hop as a Culture. And it's gift-giving time. It's time to start planning those Christmas presents. And uh, for the rap music lover in your life, especially if they don't know that this comic exists, this is going to blow their freaking minds. Uh, not the only holiday effort to come out in 2023. In November comes the X-Men Grand Design trade paperback. Uh, this is going to collect a trilogy of X-Men Grand Design comics that I put together. So when you're out there getting your orders for Street Angel Princess of Poverty, uh, go tell the shop that you want your, uh, your X-Men Grand Design trilogy trade paperback as well. Uh, the there are a couple out of print volumes of that so this will be your way to get them all inside of one handy paperback book the focus the past couple of years has been Red Room and there are three trade paperbacks of Red Room that will be out in total two are on the stands as we speak anti-social network and trigger warnings crypto killers is coming out in January and I do have to let you know that I've been uh, working on daily strips for the past uh, for the past year it's called Switchblade Shorties, and at my Patreon, you're going to be able to check those strips out before, before uh, I start to release them on a daily basis beginning January 1st, 2024. Thank you all who are supporting the uh, Patreon at that level and reading these strips well ahead of time. Uh, one of the gratifying things, Jimmy, is that uh, people are developing their favorite characters, which speaks to the ability to get different personality into those characters to get those characters over yes for sure so uh the books are the most important part to keeping the cartoonist kayfabe channel solvent and uh functioning 
But there are other ways to directly support Cartoonist Kayfabe, and Jimmy, you could let the people know what those are. Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe e-newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts, merchandise, hats, mugs, stickers, and more at our spread shop. That link is also under this video in the show notes. There you have it. The many ways to support the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel. We thank you for your patronage. Jimmy, please give the people their final marching orders, and we'll be on our way. Read more comics.